Hello everyone, welcome to the Money Club series. I am Zah, your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sam. How are you? Good, Zah. How you doing, man? Good, man. How's your week been? Uh, super, super busy. Yeah. I'm sure you'd agree we've had a bit of a hectic one. Yeah. Running around helping people like we always do. Um, and yeah, I think we... I think You're very good at that, helping people, aren't you? It's, it's sort of, it's in our nature, I think, both of us. Uh, we're always trying to... Built to serve. Built to serve, yeah, man. And I think people appreciate it. And I think we like the appreciation. I love it. Right? When yeah. you can help someone with an issue they're having and they're really grateful, man, that's probably the best thing you can do. Better than money. Better than money. Yeah, if you can get paid for making people happy, one, that's what we do this for. Very rewarding. Um, question. Yes. Did you ever think we would have a radio show back when we were in school? No way. Because <laughs> essentially this is what this it is, is a radio right? Show, it's a radio much. show. Like, yeah. So when we were back in school, yeah. well, we had, um, I think, the radio station, Star FM. Uh, 2GO and Coast, all those. Coast, Coast FM, FM and all, you know, because yeah. we only really had FM radios. Podcast didn't um, exist back then. Mm. And, you know, you'd listen to these people on radio yeah. and you think, oh, th these guys are quite famous yeah. and influential, right? Yep. Isn't it amazing now where you can just start a podcast and new ones are popping up every day? Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought we'd be doing this uh, together as well. One, for myself, I'm not the biggest fan or the biggest um, uh, public speaker. I don't like public speaking too much. So doing this is a bit of a... Uh, a new experience. I'm getting better as we go, but I would never think I'd be doing this, let alone with you. So it's it's actually very enjoyable. Mate, it's well, you're doing a great time. job, Sam. Thanks, you're doing man. a great job. You, you, your man. your improvements have, have gone in leaps and bounds. I'm Shucks. very proud of you. Shucks. I'm man. very proud of you. Now, for our listeners, yes. um, what 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 is the topic today? I think uh, it's a really good one because, uh, you know, um, we spent a lot of time at this institution growing up and really it should be prepping us for the world outside its walls, but it doesn't really. And I think what we're going to explore a lot today is pretty much 10 things they didn't teach us in school, but things that we really need to know. So gone are the days where they teach you how to really live outside of school. They don't, they don't do that. They don't give you anything really, uh, equip you much to, to perform well outside the academic realm. And we're seeing that a lot in our clients when they come to us for help, because they're asking for the similar things. Uh, so we're gonna really dive into 10 key things that we found that school didn't teach us. And let's, let's just put a disclaimer out there. Mm. There are actually a lot, oh, many, right? Yeah, like we, yeah. you and I came up with this and we were just like, wow, there are so <laughs> many things and we could have just gone on forever and ever and ever, mm. but we've only got 45, 50 minutes to do this podcast. Yep. And we just want to spend, you know, five, 10 minutes on each one. But, um, there really is a lot of things that we just did not get taught in school that we actually need in real life. Mm. Like mm. the world is a bad place. Mm. You're gonna get punched in the face, yeah. right? Like Very it's much. really, really bad. And um, if you're not prepared, it can, you, you're really gonna find that you're gonna have a stressful life in, in adulthood. Yeah. And um, it gets the better of people, right? Like what happens is that, you know, I, I see it a lot where people can't deal with problems and, what happens is they turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol, they turn to bad lifestyle choices. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it, you know, it can lead to as, as bad as death, right? So I think it's really important that, um, you know, 
people are on a personal development route mm. and they're, they're trying to find things outside of the box, meaning the box is the school. So let's go on to the first one, Sam. What's the first one? Very fitting first uh, topic, money. So what school didn't teach us is really about money. That's a, and it's a very pivotal one. As we've talked about on previous podcasts, money, like what do we do when we wake up in the, in the morning? We go to work to make money. So wouldn't it be very smart to learn about what it is we're trying to go to work for and make and learn how to use it or manage it properly? So a very important one is money that they don't talk too much about in school. In mathematics, they'll do problem solving and all that kind of thing. Algebra. Algebra. Calculus. Parallelograms <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But um, trapeziums. But really, do we need that? Unless you're going to be an engineer, which, okay, might be relevant. But money is applicable to anyone. Everyone. Anyone on earth is going to work, regardless what country, and you're getting money for that day Look, and you need to know how to use it. Even if you're getting JobKeeper, job right? you, you need to learn how to budget <laughs> that $750 or whatever it is that you get per week to allocate to rent, to allocate to food, to allocate to investing or whatever you can. JobKeeper is that that um, substantial that you can, can actually invest, allocate can uh, money for investment, <laughs> uh, which means that you probably shouldn't be eligible for JobKeeper. <laughs> but, you know, the point is, uh, it was funny when you and I were coming up with these points, right? Because we were thinking back. Yep. It made us think about our school. And, you know, we went to a school on the Central Coast, which was quite ghetto, yes, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, like I was trying to think of money inspiration back then. Like I never got it from the teachers. No. Like we, we didn't, we weren't really surrounded by wealth or anything like that. So it was, I, I really don't remember mm. one topic or subject in class where... They talked about money, right. even in maths, yeah. right? They didn't use the real world yeah. as an example of, you know, how to use algebra or whatever it is, you know what I mean? And it's, it's so important. I did money-related topics. So I did business. I don't, what, did you do business studies and economics? No, ironically, I, I, didn't. I didn't. didn't. I didn't. I, okay. I did a lot of science subjects, science and stuff. which we'll dive into some of, some of the mistakes um, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that I went through in school. Uh, but like, yeah, and that, I guess... With business studies, did you do that? I did business and economics. Okay. And what I, I wish I wish I did those subjects. They're good theoretical stuff and academic stuff, which you can like. We could we talk about it today in the, in these podcasts, that kind of theory. But it, it they still didn't touch on personal finance and what to do with your actual money. So even those money based subjects at school didn't really teach you too much about what to do once you've left school and you start making money. So, yeah, they're just, even though there's topics related, they're not really covering much. So, I, I, I did get a bit of an overview of what business studies was like because I had a few close friends, including yourself, obviously, yeah. who, who did business studies and I was always um, across it. And I, I, I don't know if you can agree with me or not, but I feel like the business studies that you were taught, the theory that you were taught, was more to train you on how to work in a corporate environment. It was. Right. So like you said, Sam, it didn't teach you about the f personal finance side of things because schools really designed to create robots True. so that you are, uh, you know, just another 
cog in the system that is um, there to be used, right? Where you get a 30 year mortgage, you're tied, you, you know, you're a prisoner of your mortgage and you're just tied to your job because you've got to pay back that mortgage, the car loan and all of that sort of thing. So school, when it comes to money, is designed to control you mm -hmm. because basically when you leave school, you're designed to go into a corporation yep. where you're controlled, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's really important to be the minority, the one that owns the corporation, right? That's what your vision should be, is the, the person that owns the asset. And that's what they're not teaching. So they're teaching you to get the job, go to work, and then consume. That's what they're teaching us to do. They're teaching us to consume, to keep those companies profitable. So we're taught to go and make money and spend the money. Not necessarily for our benefit, but then just to keep the economy going. So let's let's give it an example. When I left school, right, um, straight away, CBA were, were my, um, my my preferred bank bank oh. of choice oh. when the, I was five one. years the old with bank. a dollar mite account. <laughs> and you know they 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 captured my details early, built a relationship psychologically in my head. They offered me a credit card, right? Um, you know, I think it was I only had a two thousand dollar or one thousand dollar limit, which is a lot of money back then. Yep. And um, hey. Straight away, that went gone, maxed gone, out, gone. right? And no one taught me. Mm. No one taught me that bad debt was actually almost impossible to get out of. And they offered me an, uh, an increase in terms oh. of a, a limit increase, so up to, to 2,000. <laughs> and before long, this 2,000 turned into 10,000, 10,000 turned into 20,000. Then all of a sudden, I was in a mountain of debt. Mm. And it was because it trapped me right in that consumerism um trap where i'm uh, it's like a rat race yeah. and you, you just never get off this treadmill mm -hmm. so unfortunately a lot of people fall into this trap they're chained to their jobs or they're chained to something that they don't love doing because they're in so much bad debt so we don't learn that in school so it's really important to get financially educated um when you you know when you leave school or even when you're in school you know, parents, teachers, we need to be teaching our kids mm. about personal finances. The three main things are, so what led you to that issue is probably your budgeting, right? You didn't have enough money and you wanted someone else's money to use because you didn't have, a, have enough. So your budgeting was out of whack. You didn't have enough money. So then you went into bad debt. Two, two big things that apply to nearly everyone. I got the same issue when I was leaving school. Another key one would be tax. A lot of people aren't taught nothing about tax and you're released from school into the workforce paying tax, a massive portion of your income going to the government, and no one really tells you what it is, what it's going there for, how do you reduce it, what can I do with it, all that kind of thing. So, how do I get a bigger refund? How do I get a big, bigger refund? So, and you know what, I only know that because I work in the industry, and because I've done it for so long, it's just normal to me, but it's very obvious when we deal with people, they have no idea. It's, it's second nature to us because we deal with it all the time, but it's, it's a very uh, uncommon sort of knowledge to have. I heard this thing this morning, Sam. You're going to love this one. Um, it's an analogy about taxes, yeah. right? And most people are on pay-as-you-go and they're, they're employees. When you're paying a tax every week, it's almost like you're giving an interest-free loan to the government, Ooh. right? Mm. And then at tax refund time or tax return time, oh. you're trying to get <laughs> that loan back off the government. Like so, it. you know, what you've got to understand is that you've overpaid the government and you're just trying to get that money back. And I think, I think the key is, is when you get that money back, 
do something good with it. Yeah. Right? Like, and this is another thing. When I was younger, my first tax return, like, do you think I did something good with it? What'd no. You, what'd you do with it? Oh, I, I would have wasted the money on went something. Out, went I mean, out. <laughs> but, like, it, if, if someone was there teaching me, saying, no, 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 don't, don't waste it. Actually mm. put it away and put it into something because it's important. Um, I think it would have made a world of difference. Let's move on to number two because uh, we've got to fly through these. Mistakes or failures are a bad thing, right? When, it, when, when, when it's in, when, when it's in uh, school, it's a yes. bad thing. Yes. But when it's outside of school, it's actually meant to be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, everyone has stories of going to school, doing bad in a test or some sort of sports carnival or something like that and, you know, not doing well. And you sort of feel bad. But in that, in that sort of founding years of when you're young, it's sort of no one wants to sort of show that failure they want to sort of caress you and make you not feel bad but really in the in the real world you sort of need those things to redirect you and to grow and to learn so i think yeah in school they sort of they frown upon failing they don't even want to mention a failure sort of things to keep you sort of cuddled up type of i thing. think the problem that we have now is that it's not looked at as a pain point mm. right it sort of labels you as dumb mm. but at the same time you're sort of, uh, you're wrapped in bubble wrap and like everybody's getting a trophy now. Yeah, I've right? seen that, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's... There's no winners. It's bullshit. There's no winner. You, you Everyone's need, a winner. You need, you need to feel, mm. you need to feel the pain of losing so that it gets you up to start winning again, right? And everybody should go through that. And I think what happened, for example, of an experience I had at school was... If you didn't perform well at a sport or if you didn't perform well, uh, like say in PE class or cross country or whatever it is, look, you were just pushed to the back of the line. You were forgotten about. You know the people who were really, really rewarded were the people at the front, right? Because they were glorified, right? But that no one went to the back and go, okay, how do we improve these people and push them to the front, mm, mm, right? Mm. So, you know, the, the, everyone's not a winner. Yeah. You know, and you, it's, it's okay that everyone's not a winner because when you get into the real world, for example, I got fired from nearly every job I had, mm -hmm. right? And you know what? It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. Best thing because it pushed me to get to the next step in life. And I guess that's the, that's what the, the key takeaway from this is that mistakes and failures are necessary for growth, right? And it, it, it doesn't it's not emphasized when you're in school. And I guess that's why, you know, when it comes to money management, when it comes to property investing, when it comes to personal finances, uh, you, you gotta fall over a few times before mm. you can get it right. Mm. And the, 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 the later we get in years and the more modern our society, the more politically correct we're getting, right? So that's becoming even more prevalent now. My, my brother's kids and all that kind of thing, I see their sports carnivals, there's no winners and losers. Everyone's sort of a winner, but in real life, it doesn't happen like that. So we're really, we're currently, we're building up kids even more uh, to, to potentially fail, but fail hard because they're not used to it outside of school. Uh, so yeah, it's so a long term. It doesn't work. It doesn't right, work. Sam? You'd want to learn. It's crushing early. people when they get into adulthood, and this is the reason why a lot of our young people, when they enter the workforce, and we've experienced it. We were just talking about it earlier before the podcast. Yeah. These young people who want to get jobs and earn big money, they're not used to sort of getting in the trenches and doing the hard work. 
They want to do the big deal straight away, and it doesn't make sense. No. When was the biggest deal you, you signed? Like after 30 years old, you were doing your big, big sort of moving it wasn't, deals. It, and all it that wasn't kind of until stuff. I was, you know, in my early 30s before I was starting to do really big deals. You after know, like 14, 15 years of experience in business. Yeah, exactly. So right. you, you can't expect to come from nothing into that level. You have to go through a lot of shit to get there. And I, and I think together with social media, with the expectation of, of, of all this instant gratification that you should be somewhere by the time you're 25 or whatever that bullshit is, it's like, it's stopping people from just going to get a normal job at Coles and earning money and putting money away and starting from the bottom, yeah. right? There's nothing wrong with going to Coles, stacking shelves, right? Working your way up the top to the top and becoming CEO of that company. Right, it, it, can, it can work, mm, right? Mm. Um, but you've got to start at the bottom. And I think that's, that's one thing that a lot of people, um, f I guess they fail to mm -hmm. see, is yep. that they have to start in the trenches. 100%, we all did it. It's a, it's a way to get ahead, so just do it. Number three, just do it. Just I love it. Nike. Number three, school doesn't equate to life success. So the success in school doesn't necessarily mean you're going to succeed in life, right? We hear a number of stories of prominent successful people like your Bill Gates, Richard Branson, they all dropped out of school. So really, uh, if you're performing well in school, it's sort of a misconception to think that that guy or that girl is going to kick ass outside. I had a few people in my school that did really well, UAI back then, I don't know what it is, what it is now, getting 99s, nearly you know, pretty much the best result you can. And at that time, we're like, oh, they're going to kick ass. They're going to go do mad things. They end up with, well, it's not a bad thing, but they end up with families or going overseas, traveling, not utilizing that success in school to continue to succeed. Not to say they're not succeeding doing what they're doing, but they didn't apply that success in school out in the real world. And yeah, it's, um, it's not necessarily a barometer of how you're going to go in life. So I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves to perform really well, well in school when really it's just the beginning. Life's a long time. It gets, it gets shorter and quicker as you get older, but it's, it's a big period of time and school's just a little snippet. I think the problem that we have is there are so many different cultures in this country, right? So for example, where we went to school, Sam, like we were, you know, a very minority of uh, the population that were immigrants, right? And I come from an Asian background. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents were big on like university and, you know, my, my brother and sister went to a selective high school. I was just going to a public one because I didn't get into the selective high school. So it was just, there was always massive pressure. Go to uni. Yep. Yeah, you know, you, you, you know, study is everything. Um, you know, exams. Like, there's a lot of pressure to perform well. And I just wasn't good. Mm. Like, I wasn't good at school at all, right? Like, I, I got, I think, 50, early 50s mm -hmm. or low 50s in my, what is it, UAI. UAI yeah. So, I was a dumbass, right? Like, and, <laughs> you know, I was a failure in my family's eyes. But, I mean, it didn't stop me from, you know, being, you know, the, the best version of myself. Mm. It didn't stop me from really sort of, um, you know, working on myself after I finished school to, you know, find my true passion and, 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 and help others and all of that sort of thing and help myself, mm. right? Like mm. it, it does, I think just don't be too hard on yourself. Yep. So I think we talked about you know, uh, not being hard on yourself enough in the last one, but mm. I think it's, you know, don't be too hard on yourself if you don't get to where you want to be. Because, you know, I always, I think I wanted to get a, I think I needed a, a, a 75 yeah. UAI to get into the business um, or degree. Management. 
business, business, uh, business management, business right? Management. That was the degree that, that we did. And um, I didn't get in. Yep. So I had to do a, 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 a bridging TAFE course, a diploma, mm -hmm. right? But wasn't that bad? It was actually a really good thing because that bridging course of the, that TAFE of diploma was actually better than my university degree, right? So, you know, it, it's not impossible, right? It just means that you might take an extra year or whatever it is, but Look, you're not taught that in school. No. In school, you're taught that, you know, that result is everything. Yeah. You know? It's like the be all and end all. I remember the pressure there. And I, I, I actually had a, um, a What did you get in your UAI, Sam? I actually got, I think, 75. 74, wow. And what did you need? What did you need for business management? I think, so I did management, not business management. I think it was a bit different to the one that you did, but we had similar courses in it. Um, I think I needed like 73. So I just scraped in. Just scraped in. in, but um, I'm jealous. <laughs> I, I like uh, Jack Ma. So you know Jack Ma of Alibaba. He has a good um, saying. He 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 spruiks around saying, "It's okay to be in the average percentile at school. Don't stress. Do that, but then explore and and focus on things you like doing because you're going to excel in them." So he's telling his kids, "Don't worry about getting 99 UAI." Get like your 75s, get into something, but push more time towards things you love because you're going you're gonna to enjoy doing that. You'll probably be more successful in that field. So I think that's a good takeaway for anyone listening that's in school. Don't treat it like it's the end of the world if you don't get in. Like you did, you do a bridging course. Get into that course. I didn't, I didn't know about that kind of stuff till after. I saw mature age students who were like 23 doing my course and they didn't need a UAI. So there's a number of different ways to get to where you want to go. School's not the be all and end all. Good points, good points. Now, I like that going back to Jack Ma, Jack right? Ma. Um, it's a sort of like, it's like what I did. I made friends with all the smart people like you, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I know that I, my, my, my brain capacity can't, mm. can't do the things that you do. <laughs> so I'm friends with people like you and um, that helped me get to where I want to go, right? So it doesn't, I, this is another thing, right? And this is not on the list, but mm -hmm. cheating is looked at as bad in school, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when you leave school, you feel bad when you try and, I'm not saying cheat on people, but when you try and ask for help. Mm. Because in school, if you're in an exam, yeah. right? Yeah. And you ask the person next to you for help on an answer, Right, you 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 you'll get you'll get shit on. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll just get kicked you know, out, kicked failed, out. Right, failed, you yeah. failed straight failed. away. Yeah. Big fat F. And um, but in the real world, right? Pick up the phone. We call each other nearly every day. Yeah, <laughs> we need an answer. We're cheating every yeah, day. Yeah, we're cheating every day, trying to get an answer so we can get ahead. Because cooperation is actually what gets you ahead in the real world. But cooperation in school. Right, is frowned upon. Yeah, that's right? a good point. Very good point. So it's, it's it's really good to make that transition when you leave school. Um, What's number four? four? Number four. Okay, schools didn't teach us that you don't need to know what you want to be. So it's very similar to the previous one, putting too much importance in school and working out what you want to do. Like as a career. As a right? career, as a yeah. long term. They're always like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And you're like, man, I'm 16. I don't know. I haven't even worked before. Potentially people like that. It's time. very hard to know. It's yeah, very know. hard to know. And I what, went through it as well. Yeah. Like I, I, I thought, like I just heard someone say this. Okay, no one. I've never really told this story, but I heard someone say that being a pilot would be actually very cool. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to be a pilot. 
<laughs> right? And I started thinking, okay, how do I be a pilot? I looked it up and I had to do physics, I had to do chemistry, I had to do all of these science subjects. I went, okay, I did it. And it's probably why I got 50 in my UAI, <laughs> because I have no interest in science, right? But I did it through 11 and 12, pushed myself, got 50, very proud of that number. Mm, mm, mm. But you know, didn't do shit with that, right? So it was all because I was confused yep. and there was so much pressure on knowing what you're gonna do. So I was like, I'm gonna pick something that sounds really cool and it's gonna be very high profile and then I'm just gonna work towards that. And it's, it was probably the wrong thing for me to do. Yeah. I should have just done business studies or economics or even, even woodwork. I should have just done that, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, I, was, I was pressured into you know, um, this category of going, okay, you've gotta to work towards something that's high profile. And I think that comes back to com coming from an Asian background where it's a status symbol. Yes. So, so when you're at, uh, you know, other uh, dinner parties with the family and that they'll go, oh yeah, my son's studying to be a pilot. My son's studying to be a lawyer. My son's studying or my daughter's studying to be a doctor. And all of a sudden it's this badge of honor for the family. And I think we need to break away from that and go, no, hang on a second. There are so many things that you're going to get through in life other than just your career. All the while those kids are probably hating studying that. They're doing it solely. They despise it. They're solely doing it to help impress the, the parents and the family, keep the, the pride within the family. So it's not going to last. It's not a long-term solution. They're going to eventually quit or they'll get into, the, into that occupation and, and leave it eventually. So find something you want to do. You won't know what that's going to be probably in school. I have a, I have a good friend that, whose father was a sound engineer. And he thought he wanted to do that. He was still confused at the time, but his dad was quite successful. And uh, he was already experienced in that field, helping his dad out. My mate took out, I think it was an 80 grand hex debt. Very expensive course to do. He studied it for about two years or four years. And guess what he's doing now? High-end bathroom renovations. Completely different. Completely different. So he was sort of pressured maybe because the father was in the field and he thought his son would take on the role or maybe the business. He studied that route. He hated it. He had, maybe he thought he just wanted to impress his father. Got to the point where he's like, nah, not doing it. I helped him with his taxes. I'm like, mate, you got an 80K debt. He goes, I know. I go, what'd you do it for? He goes, I don't know. I just, I was trying to impress my family. And now he's renovating bathrooms. Doing well, but he wasted a lot of time just from that pressure of trying to work out what he wanted to be at a time when he didn't know. Isn't it interesting with the universities, right? Like while we're on the topic of student loans, mm. the, the universities, it's just a big marketing campaign, right? It's an industry. And what happens yeah. is that these people enter university purely for the status. Like it's not really because it's what they want to do. It's purely for the status, but they'll think twice about getting a mortgage for an investment property, mm. right? Mm. They'll enroll straight away into uni because it's accepted in today's society right and it, to impress the family but when you say okay here's a rental property that produces a five percent return mm -hmm. why don't you get a why don't you get a loan on that right it's like oh hang on a second i don't know yeah right yeah. but to get the student loan yeah. of 80 100 grand sometimes they're like 150 grand yeah. right yeah. these yeah. student loans are sometimes very very big mm -hmm. they'll just do it yeah because then they can say I'm starting to be a doctor. Badge of honor, bit of pressure from the family. They're both okay. It's just, why would you not want to invest in property or other things and not just yourself? So they, they both have merit. But you need to get a return, Sam. That's yeah. what we're saying. That's Your friend right. didn't yes. get a return. 100%. He, he, he took out that loan 
80 grand to impress mum and dad, whatever it was, mm. right? And then two years later, he's renovating bathrooms. And, you know, and he's probably doing something he loves now, which is, I guess, an essential part of life. You've got to go through certain things to get to where you want to be. But before you go to uni, mm. right? Or before you, you know, decide on a career, think about it, right? Like, is it really what you want to do? Because you've got to go through quite a big, a big process. And if, if you're just doing it for somebody else, yes then, you know, it might not be worth it. Yeah, agreed. Number five is really interesting. And I, I didn't actually really um, sort of get to know this until I was, you know, when I first became a millionaire. And mm. this is when I was 30 years old. Mm. And um, that is that tall poppy syndrome actually exists, right? Like we're not taught about that. Mm. Like how jealous this society is. And it's well known in international circles that Australia is probably one of the most jealous countries in the world. Really? It is in business. Like a lot, like I read about it in books. Mm -hmm. Like this, this, this is written by, uh, these books are written by like American people, European people. And they say in Australia, they have this thing called oh. tall poppy syndrome. It's actually an Australian That's thing. An Australian? Did you know that? No, I didn't know. Tall poppy syndrome is actually an Australian thing. Wow. So for our listeners that, that, that don't know what tall poppy syndrome yeah. is, it yeah. just means that uh, people try and pull down, pull you down when you're they success. Cut you down when, when you you're successful. Yeah. Now, generally what happens in countries where there's always a fair go, um, there's a lot of tall poppy syndrome because people look at you and go, why would you, why would you go and, you know, uh, excel in something when you live in the best country in the world where you can just be average and live a good life? Because here in Australia, you can live a good life by just being pretty average. Mm. But if you're average, say, back in my home country, Malaysia, Mate, you get squashed. Mm. Like you don't, li you live a shit life, right? So people have to push, and I guess that's why there's that whole status of going to uni and all of that that's sort of thing. That's where it comes from. That's where it comes from because you need to rise above everybody else. Where in Australia, you don't really need to rise above everybody else. Mm. This is why they say when the when when the poppy rises above everybody else, it they it brings it down. It brings the tall one down, mm. right? And what I wasn't taught in school that when you become successful. Mm. Everybody hates you. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Everybody hates you. And when I say everybody, the majority of people will hate you. No, 100%. It's sort of like a it's part of human nature, it seems, just across the board uh, that you can't escape. In school, you don't really see it. You don't really see it too much. I think in, in schools, they sort of prop people up a lot more. And so when you enter the real world, you're, you're not used to people trying to cut you down. So you're like, what's going on? In school, if I do well, they're sort of pumping you up. That's right. But then you enter the real world doing well and people are hating on you. Yeah. I think you're starting at the same level playing field once you leave school. Everyone's done a base level of sort of education, time in school. And then after the race has sort of started, people are going ahead, people are falling behind and people will get jealous, you know? It's a competitive world, Sam. Right, and anyone of our listeners who have ex who has experienced success mm. will have had experienced tall poppy syndrome. Someone would have hated on your success while you were getting to the top. Mm. And what generally happens? It's the people who are closest to you. Mm. It's people who are close, and you realize that those people aren't actually friends. Mm. There's that meme of, uh, I think it's Leonardo DiCaprio, where he says, pay close attention to the people who don't clap when you win. I've seen that. That's a very good quote. Right? Mm. So when you win, take note. 
of the people that don't congratulate you, that don't praise you. You know, like we go to uh, functions, for example, like family functions where we, we've known people for years, mm. like over 10 years, right? Mm. And they will not ask one question about how your business is going. They won't ask how you are going because they know that you're doing really well. Mm. So they don't want to hear good news, mm. right? And these types of people, they, 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 they love it when you fail, yeah. right? And I'll, uh, getting back to why it's not taught in school, I think, again, they just bubble wrap you. That's right. And they just, you know, like you just don't know these things when you get out. Mm. And when you, when, especially when you become successful. So when I was, when I turned 30, that's when I, you know, started driving nicer cars, mm -hmm. you know, I started, you know, buying a little bit more jewelry, rewarding people, myself. People started to see. Yeah. Like I, you know, I proposed to my girlfriend at the time and, you know, um, who's now my wife and people could see that I was living a really good life. And then all of a sudden, Sudden, that's where people started to rip me off um, you know life started to get very very hard when I actually thought mm. hey I'm successful mm, mm, shouldn't mm. life get easier yeah. yeah 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 it's um it's a strange dynamic but it's out there it's happened you've experienced it no way to avoid it unfortunately I think you just have to weed out those people over time eliminate them I think the best answer for that Sam to to to, to get out of that that um that I guess it's almost like a trap where it can really eat you alive, right? The only way out of it is to just grow, mm -hmm. to just grow even more. Rise above because I, I find that a lot of Australians who get very successful, they start dumbing themselves down because they just want to blend in. Mm. You know what I mean? They drive worse cars. They, 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 they dress like shit because they just want to blend in to with everyone. To avoid that crap. To avoid it, mm. right? It's, it's very common in Australia. Mm. But if you go overseas, right, in countries with bigger populations, if you work hard and you're actually quite successful, mm -hmm. you show it. Yeah. Right. Like you're very proud of it because it, it commands respect. So that's that's one thing where different cultures and we'll, we'll go into different cultures further on. But, uh, you know, they treat success differently. Number six. Number six. School didn't teach us that investing in yourself is very important. I guess where that's coming from is that school is very man it's mandatory. You have to go. You have to learn what you have to learn. They tell you what to learn. And it's sort of fixed, that's it. It doesn't really allow you or they don't push you to continue learning. Sometimes some schools do, but I think a lot of people get the idea that once school's over, the education's finished. Some people don't and continue educating themselves throughout time. But most people stop. Then. Most people are like, oh yes, school's done. You know, school's done, I don't have to learn anymore, I don't have to do anything. They might get some kind of occupation and just cruise the rest of their life, but really, if you're wanting to, to get ahead or do anything quite special with yourself, you're going to have to continue learning. It doesn't stop once you graduate high school. Continue learning, continue growing, and uh, life will get better. I think the problem that I had when I was in school, and I th I'm sure you can recall, Sam, mm. especially the school we went to, and we don't want to keep shitting on our <laughs> school because we had a great time, but being a dumbass was actually cool. Right, So a lot of people would fall into that trap and yeah. go, hey, I'm not going to read a book. Yeah. I'm not going to study anymore. You know, I'm the actually asses with the cool blokes. Yeah, they're yeah. the cool blokes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. now they're, you know, they're doing it tough, right? But you know, in actual fact, you know, mental and physical health is probably the most important thing that we're not taught about in school. Mm -hmm. And mental health really comes down to continuous learning mm. because you're learning about yourself mm. you're learning about the world and you're, you're growing 
right? And I think if you're not, obviously if you're not growing, you're, you're dying. And a lot of people die when they leave school. Like not physically die, but they die on the inside. And they just, you know, they let their health go. Um, you know, they're, they're constantly numbing their mind with going to the pub on Friday nights and all of that sort of stuff. Because we, we grew up in that culture, Sam, you know, yeah. like we grew up in a, a very, uh, you know, it was alcohol fueled when mm. we left school. Like yeah. every, if you didn't drink when you left school, like you just weren't accepted. You know what I mean? And you know, like it's, it's just encouraged to live that type of lifestyle. Mm. Like I didn't really start getting um, very serious with personal development until I turned 30. Mm. Because just like the previous point, like when I turned 30, mm. that's when I you know, first became a millionaire, mm. got a bit of success and then got torn down. And because I got torn down, Sam, I was like, you know what? I've got to read more books. Mm. I've got to turn to personal development. I had no one around. Everyone was leaving me, mm. right? So um, I guess it was a good thing in my journey, but imagine if I started that personal development when I was 20, mm. right? Or when I was 18, right? And it's almost like, if I think to myself, if we go back in time, Sam, and we, we turned 18 years old, we just leave school, and you told your group of friends that you know, you're, you're doing Tony Robbins and you know, you're, you're, you're studying personal development, I think you'd get laughed at, mm. right? So it's really important to push past all of that because that investment in yourself will pay dividends in the future. Put it this way, after school, life's hard. Life's not easy. And I think to, to be able to allocate time to really learn, develop, do some courses. It's hard to find time. You're a very busy man. Even now, you know how important it is. So you dedicate time to it. I think what a lot of people find hard is getting the discipline. I myself struggle with it week to week, but I know it's important. You have to allocate time. So I think after school, people relax too much and they get out of that discipline. The discipline of trying mm. to learn each year. They just get the job. They might do okay in the job and grow and all that kind of stuff, but they sort of stop the actual discipline of learning maybe outside of the job and doing other things. So I think it comes down to, you really have to keep that discipline and maintain it throughout your life. Otherwise you'll, you'll get to the point where you're going backwards. And discipline is cool, mm. right? Like I remember back in school being undisciplined was cool. Yeah. But really you need to program yourself to think that discipline is actually cool. And you know, a lot of older people will say that because they've lived through life, but you need to try and start as early as you can. And a lot of our listeners, Sam, they are in their twenties. Mm. They are very young still, and they can in instill these habits early. So they compound, that's it. you know, later in your thirties and forties, and you can reap the benefits. Discipline builds the habit that's going to get you success. That's what, that's what it's, it's a compounding effect. Love it. Pretty much. Compound effect by compound uh, Darren Hardy. Good Great book. book. Good book. Great book. Highly recommended. Number seven. Number seven. So school never taught us that there's more to life than getting a job. What we, what we, what we mean by that is that there's no sort of sense of creativity in the way that they're teaching us. They're teaching us there are these industries, these are the roles you can sort of look towards getting based on your results. Maybe this is a good job for you. They're not teaching you a more commercial or entrepreneurial way to think about a career or a business in the, in the sort of way of finding opportunities. So instead of just getting the job, is there an opportunity to build something and maybe create a different industry? So there's a really lacking of, of a creative, creative thoughts when it's, come, when it's coming to teaching people about their paths in life, I think. 
And I think this comes down to the fact that when you go to school, it's like a, um, it's like a factory, oh, right? That's pretty much, yeah. You've got this volume of students, like literally thousands. I, I can't remember how many people went to our school. It would have been thousands, right? A couple of thousand. I think 2,000. Yeah, probably, probably more. Yeah. yeah? Well, half but of, anyway. Half of them were wagon, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In that bush track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. smoking cones. <laughs> But hey, yeah, let's say you've got thousands of, of kids at this school and you're trying to, you're, you're trying to teach creativity to mm. them. It's very difficult, mm. right? So mm. it's much easier for the school curriculum to just go, look, teach these people to be a robot, teach them the, to be this, 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 this corporate um, tool that's used in an organization later on when they leave. Um, so it's really up to families, mm. it's really up to parents, and mm. it's really up to the individual to start you know, tuning that creative mind. And I think what taught me to be creative when I was in school was that I didn't have any money. Yeah. Right. Like, for example, your brother Ahmed mm -hmm. likes went around selling peanuts to people <laughs> because we, we were trying to find anything to 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 make money, yeah. I'd go to pawnbrokers, buy these like brick mobile phones. Back then, they were fifty one fifty one ten those big things, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And what I would do is I I, I would go and uh, change the cover to yeah. maybe a clear cover, one of those cool. Yeah. They were cool back uh, then, uh, right? Uh, uh, uh. And then I'll go and sell it for like 50 bucks more than yeah, what I bought it for. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason why I did that, because I was forced to go and try and make money. So I could have a bit of play money on the weekends, mm, right? Mm, mm. So that taught me to become creative. Mm. I had to go and source the deals, right? And then I had to sort of tweak the deals with the phone cover and maybe put it in a case and a box and all of that sort of thing. Market the deals. Right, and all of a sudden, I had a business. Mm. But that was the what. What I didn't know at the time was going to be the start of my entrepreneurial career. Mm. So I think what school teaches you to do is just become a robot, right? Where it's up to you as the individual to start thinking creatively, mm. so that when you get out of school, you can put deals together, right? You can control your life. Like for example, now, like I've designed my life mm. exactly the way I want it, mm. Mm. right? Like I'm so fulfilled with my life. Like that doesn't mean I'm not hungry. Mm. I'm still very hungry and driven mm. to grow, but I'm exactly what, I'm beyond where I, where I was dreaming of being because of my entrepreneurial mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think there's a, there's a purpose that they don't teach it? teach a creative type solution in, in the commercial space like that? Well, we can't have um, 2,000 czars walking around because, mate, it's, 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 going to be, um, it's going to be difficult to control these people. Touching on what you said before, I just, it sort of triggered in my mind. You know how you were saying the employee is lending money to the government, right? And then they're trying to get it back at the end of the year. So really what the schools are doing, they're trying to make as many people in the school a lender to the government. Not a czar that's not paying the tax yet, he's paying it later. So it's sort of like, it could be an agenda from the government forcing people or pushing people Sam, towards... it's not good. <laughs> jobs. It is. It is, yeah. It is a ploy from the government. Because the thing is, we live in this country, we need to pay rent, mm. right? Mm. And the rent is tax. So yes. the government mm. is, is, is a business organisation. We've got to understand that. However... I like that. The government does reward those who are creative. That's right. Right? That's right. The things like tax breaks on, you know, investing in property, because the government can't go and build Do property, for stuff. example. They don't want to build housing. It's too expensive. Mm. So they reward those 
who actually partner with them. So now I don't think of the government as, oh, you know, I'm lending them money through my taxes. I think of them as my partner. Partner to make money. That's right. I like that. So That's we really can grow. Good. You gotta you got switch that mindset, right? Very good. All right, we're gonna move on. Number eight, what is it? How to win friends and influence people. Ooh. That's a killer topic. We talk about this stuff weekly. All well, the time. Let, let, let's credit mm. Dale Carnegie. Amazing book. Is it Dale or Andrew Carnegie? It's Dale, Dale Carnegie. Dale, Dale, Dale Carnegie, yeah. right? Uh, for writing probably one of the best books ever written, right? For personal development. Mm. This, this book would be the first book that I would recommend anyone to read, even before any personal finance books. Now, let's talk about what it actually, what, what that book actually does for people. Mm. And this, this, I guess topic doesn't get taught in schools at all. Mm -hmm. And it's all about how to deal with people. Communication. Really, it's communication. And, and throughout life, what I've found in professional and social spheres, how you communicate is, is, is going to dictate how far you go in any space, whether it's professional or with a potential partner. If you can't communicate in a social setting with someone that you may want to be involved with in marriage or something, you're not going to woo them. You're not going to be able to do anything with them. Same in a business sense, same in a, in a job sense, you have to be able to communicate. Uh, part of my ability to sort of resonate with clients is just communication. In accounting spaces, communication is seen as quite low. So as soon as we're able to communicate in that space quite well, people will like you. So it's a very important thing. Um, a lot of people may not have it and may not see the need for it, but we've seen in our relative spaces that it's very crucial. Well, Sam, that's probably why you're so successful at what you do, right? Like you've got that technical knowledge, which, you know, you're book smart, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And that's great. You know, but there's millions of other accountants right. out there that yeah. have that same technical ability that you have. But what makes you stand out from the rest is that you can actually talk to people. Converse. That's right. It. And you can actually uh, resonate with people. Uh, people re resonate with you because they, they feel that you understand them, right? So that you can get more done. You can get more out of people. So this comes down to not just, you know, um, you know being good at, at, at business or anything like that. It's like, like you said, in, in your personal life, like you need to win over your partner, right? It's like sales skills, for example, are looked at as bad, pushy mm. skills, but you're negotiating everything, every day, everything, right? And everything. when you say negotiating, it's not so I can win and you lose. It's like, we want to come up with a win-win, mm. right? So that's what um, How to Win Friends and Influence People really does for you. It, it creates a win-win for all parties. And I think what happens is it's all about... Um, you know, uh, tearing the other person down and ripping them off and, you know, stomping on their head and all of that sort of thing. It's, it's not about that. It's like creating a win-win for everyone so you can get ahead further. That's very short-term, that kind of stuff. If, you're gonna, if you want long-term success in anything that you're doing, personal, social, business, you have to have the long-term mindset, create genuine connections with people, be real. You know, I always apply this thought of I try and understand the person I'm dealing with before they, I try and make them understand me. So I'm trying to get in their shoes. That's all I'm trying to do. So when I'm talking to them, they can really feel I'm listening. Listening is a big and probably uncommon thing people do. Everyone wants to be heard. No one wants to listen. Mm. I listen to my clients all the time. I hardly even talk sometimes. I just listen. And after that meeting, they're happy because someone listened to them. Everyone's too busy talking, talking, talking. If you just listen to people, 
take it on board, even re replay some things that they've said to show you that you're actually listening, you'll get those people very close in your pocket. Be a better listener. Better be, listener. Be better, li better listener. Number nine. What is number nine? We weren't taught that travel is as good as an ed as a as education, right? No. Now, when, we live in we live in a society, especially in Australia, where holidays are big, mm. right? So when we were growing up, I, I remember holidays were quite big, and I've never really got my head around people that just go on cruises and they stay on this boat for fourteen days and they just sort of, you know, do nothing for fourteen days. I, I get it; they need Eat a break, and drink. And, yeah, That's all like I, do. It's, I, I just haven't got my head around it. I've got family that do, do it and they love it, right? Mm. And when I was growing up, um, you know, holidays and that sort of stuff were, were big, but it wasn't about exploring different cultures. Mm. So when we talk about travel, it's talking about going to a completely different country that has a completely different culture, completely different language, mm. and you're stuck there and you've got to survive for two weeks or three weeks or whatever it is. And that is like, one of the best experiences you can ever have in your life, and I know now we can't travel, mm. but you know one of the regrets that regrets that I do have is that I didn't travel more when yeah, I could, yeah. and I've gone like pretty much everywhere around the world. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I'd just gone around twice. You know what I mean? Um, because you know how much I grew mm -hmm. every time I returned, and I think. Unfortunately, because Australia is so isolated, it is quite expensive to travel, and what happens is that people. They, they, they tend to be quite small-minded mm. because they don't understand how other cultures operate. And I think it's, it's some of the best learning that I ever got. And it wasn't pushed when we were in school. Well, where, where do a lot of Aussies, where do, we, where do we like to go most of the time? Bali. Why do we go to Bali? It's a cheap holiday. It's not really to embrace a culture and do, do stuff and learn about people. It's just to get a cheap holiday. So I think our, our, our um, idea of these trips is wrong. So when I've gone overseas, I've gone to different countries to really see what, how people are living. You really understand people after that. If you go to different parts of the world to see how other people are living, why they're so happy with nothing, you come back a different person. I went to Cuba a few years back, completely different country, communist country. It's like going in a time machine. Man, it's yeah. insane, but one, it's the best trip hands down I've ever made. Like it, it cost a bit of money back then, but it was worth the investment. And it would, obviously, gonna go, it's going to cost more money now, yeah. right? And I, every time I used to travel, I used to like do my head in in terms of how much the bill would be. Expensive, yes. My wife and myself, we always stay in nice places and all of that sort of thing. And it, it, you, you, at the time, it's so hard, especially with us guys who are big on personal finance. Mm. But when I look back on it, Traveling is the best investment that you can make. If I talk to someone that has not traveled the world, and I have those people in my life where they just haven't left Sydney, for example, it's like you, you can see that they just haven't seen the world. They, they just do not understand cultures. Like for example, mm. like there's a lot of people in Australia that bitch and moan about other cultures because we, we're such a multicultural um, society here mm. in Australia. Yep. But they fail to actually understand why those cultures are like that because they've never experienced it. Like, for example, if you're in Hong Kong, mm. you're, you're a sardine, <laughs> right? So you understand that you've got to, you've, you've got to sort of walk really, really closely to people. Mm, mm, and mm. some people, they, they, they get the shits when a Chinese person is like... Close by. Yeah. yeah, really, really close by. But they're just used to that. Right, because the population's so big, mm. so you've got to seek to understand, and this is what um, experiencing other cultures does. Best education. Agreed. 
Let's wrap this up. This will be the last one. And this is probably one of the most important things that you don't get taught in school and it's how to build wealth. Yeah. Uh, we talk about it all the time because we know how important it is. And, and that's where a lot of people are lacking. And it's why, why we have a business, really. That's our business, helping people do it. Because it's not taught. It's not taught to anyone, especially given, we've talked about this before, our educators early on in life are our parents. And our parents uh, growing up had a completely different environment where the father could work at a factory job, a very probably low-end job or whatever it is, and still cater for the family. The wife can stay at home. They can have the kids. They can go on holidays. Can't do that these days. You've got professionals in partnership, like couples, that are making good money and they can't afford homes and things like that. They can't even start building their wealth because it's so hard these days. So our early educators, our family, uh, you know, they, they, had a, they have a uh, good heart and a, a good, uh, I guess, they're coming from a good place, but it's not relevant today. And I think that's, um, that transitions into school and school further just doesn't, they ignore it completely. And then we're left twiddling our thumbs come 18 years old going, what am I, what am I going to do? And I think the, 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 the world's moving at such a rapid rate, mm. right? Like, mm. and what's happening is that the, the, the education system is just not keeping up. Mm. And like, even when we went to school, I don't even think we were taught to even buy a house. Right, but you know, when when you leave school, that's all you hear about. Yeah. When you're going to buy a house, when you're going to buy a home, get a job, you're going to live in, buy get, a, a house. get a job, and buy a house, mortgage, right? And that's it. And but now that that advi that advice is obsolete, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. that really it, the baby boomers did it. They got they left school, got a job, bought a house, and it didn't work out for them, mm. right? So now we need to go. Okay, how do we actually build wealth? Right? Is it through rental properties? Is it mm. through shares? Is mm. it through superannuation? Is it through commodities? Whatever it is, right? But it's not taught in school mm -hmm. to build wealth. Now, we've, we've, we've talked, our first point was about money, right? But we're talking about wealth. Yeah. Like if something was to go wrong, you can write a $100,000 check. Mm. You can write a $200,000 check, no problem, mm. right? Mm. And that's what wealth is. It's your, it's your financial backing. It's what's going to get you out of trouble if, 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 if trouble occurs, right? So I think it's really important to teach kids how to build wealth from a really young age so that when they enter the workforce, they're continuously putting it away and they're putting it into something that's going to grow. A, uh, uh, a good point is um, looking at super. Why was super brought in? Because they know no one's told about investing in the, in the future, building wealth. That super has been brought in because they know us here, we don't invest. We don't build wealth. It's mandatory. It's man so the government said, no, fuck this. We're forcing you to invest. We're going to do it on your behalf and you can't touch it until you're 60 years old. So they know the need. They see the need and it's sort of being facilitated by a lack of education. And let's just, let's just add on that, Sam. It's still not enough. still not enough. No, you can it's retire even, with not enough. Even yeah. though it's mandatory and it's 10% of your wage or 9.5% of your wage, it's still not enough. You need to do more. Yep. You need to get educated. Mm -hmm. Come and see us. Call us. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. Done. Wow. Nice. What a trip down memory lane. Loved it. Right? Old Henry uh, Kendall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For our listeners that went to Henry Kendall, you know, we, we, we shout you out. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing well. But um, thanks, for, thanks for listening to this one. It was a good one, man. It, it was, was a good, good one. one. I know it was long drawn out. But look, until next time, see you later. Take care, guys.